The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities that they represent. This program is intended for educational purposes. Radio Azim Premji University. If you take a boat from Kochi to Alapura, you can reach my parental home. It's on a large island in a strange meeting place of history. From one side of the island, if you take a ferry, you can reach Waikam, where in the 1920s, the demand of lower caste to be allowed access to the periphery of the temple brought Gandhi and Periyar and even Sikh volunteers. The agitation didn't allow the entry of lower caste into the temple, but that would be forever changed when a devout Brahmin was appointed as a diwan of Travancore a decade later. The Temple Entry Proclamation of 1936 was historic. Mahatma Gandhi called it the modern miracle of Travancore. Bang opposite my home, if you cross the backwaters, you reach Vailar, where you can still see a little mound of silica sand where once was a pond. It is where hundreds of communist rebels who were shot dead in 1946 by the Travancore forces were dumped and burned. Why am I talking about all this? Because the two events, the Temple Entry Proclamation and the Vailar Bloodbath are the two extremes of a personality who is a central character of this episode of the podcast. Remember Sir CP? We spoke about in the earlier episode. Sir Chitput Patabhiraman Ramaswamy Ayer was a brilliant legal brain who was the Diwan of Travancore. and a man of grand contradictions hello my name is josie joseph welcome to my podcast the india project at the stroke of the midnight hour when the world sleeps india will awake to life and freedom episode 2 travancore we are in the summer of 1947 for several months now sir cp has been aggressively planning the independence of travancore he has drawn up an american style constitution has been reaching out to countries and colonies from ceylon to japan to the uk for bilateral trade ties he is looking at a huge financial windfall from the richest known deposit of monocyte sand which is the source material for thorium which the UK government and others are desperate for. There is no stopping him. Travancore is on its way to independence. Let's fast forward to the 25th of July, 1947. It was a Friday. In Delhi, on the Raisina Hill, the state's department is now making crucial moves. During the day, meanwhile, representatives of hundreds of princely states including many rulers divans and other representatives are reaching capital for a crucial meeting in the long history of their families mountbatten is going to address the chamber of princes for the first and the last time he is going to ask them to sign the instrument of accession and join one of the two dominions Some princely states are noticeably absent 
one of them being Travancore. Actually, in Travancore, that day is very important. In Trivandrum, the capital city, it is being decked up to host the centenary celebrations to mark the birth of Swadhi Tirunal, the benevolent ruler who composed a huge volume of Carnatic musical works. In the center of Trivandrum city, on the grounds of the Music Academy, which is now called Swadhi Tirunal College of Music, workers have erected an enormous tent decked out with the myriad lights. From early evening, those lucky ones with the official passes began to arrive and settle down into their assigned seats. Among them, the audience, was a well-built young man in a mundan vesti with close-cropped hair and a clean-shaven face lined with a pencil moustache. Around 6pm, uh, Sir C.P. arrived. He didn't enter the tent. He stood outside to formally greet the ruler, Chittira and his mother. The inauguration ceremony was brief. The king lighted the ceremonial lamp and Divan made a short speech. While much of his speech was about Swadhi Tirunal, he did refer to the impending independent future of the princely state. The duty done, the ruler and his mother left the venue. Sir C.P. and the British political agent settled down on chairs in front of the stage to listen to a concert by Samangudi Srinivasaya. The doyen of Carnatic music was the man who had actually popularized the Swati Dirnal compositions and was an expert on it. At around 7.30pm, even as the concert was on, C.P. got up to leave. A few policemen and officials walked in front to clear the path and a gaggle of civil servants followed. Uh, but the inspector general of the police who was accompanying or was supposed to accompany CP was detained almost by a group of people who got into a heated argument with him. As CP began to move towards the rear of the tent, the young man with the pencil moustache jumped up from his seat, peeled off his mundu and there came a sharp knife with a wicket curve. He lunged at the divan. The old man sensed the threat instinctively, raised his left arm to ward off the attack. That reflexive action saved his life because the Eggman was targeting the jugular vein of Sir Sipi. The five-inch knife cut his fingers but missed the vein but the Eggman wouldn't stop. At that very moment, the electricity got cut off and the ender tense plunged into darkness. The young militant swung his knife again and again, one grazing the ear, one hitting the back of the skull, one cutting the left cheek, the flesh hanging loose and one cutting the lower palate. Recovering from the initial shock of the attack, the policeman pinned down the militant. But the young man was strong, he shook them off, jumped over the chairs, slipped outside the tent and made for a dark corner of the compound. He leapt over the short hedge of shrubs and fell into a deep drain on the other side. He lay there in the drain for a while, obviously stunned by the fall and whatever happened. Then he scrambled to his feet, discarded the juba that was torn in the struggle and with bleeding knees just in his khaki shorts, the most important and probably 
the most unknown militant in the last phase of India's struggle for independence, walked into the dark of the night. The militant, KCS Mani of the Kerala Socialist Party, wouldn't be identified for years and because of the Gandhian non-violence that dominated the narrative, Mani's action would not find enough acceptance and celebration in the history books of and annals of India's modern history. Let's wind back to a week before the attack on CP. In the British Parliament's uh, King's Robing Room, a royal commission comprising of five peers led a short proceedings. And that was the final official act of giving the King's assent to Indian Independence Bill, approving the creation of two dominions by August 15, 1947. Sometime after that, to be precise, at uh, 8.45 p.m. India time, Maharaja Chitra Tirinal of Travancore addressed his subjects on the radio. On August 15th, when all extant existing treaties between Travancore and the British Crown end, Travancore will reassume its independence and sovereignty in full measure. Travancore will realize its destiny as a sovereign state, working in close collaboration with the rest of India in all matters of common concern. And he called on his subjects to rejoice in the historic occasion. However, outside on the streets, a popular uprising against the Maharaja and more against the CP had been soaked in blood. Remember the Vailar, the pond that was dumped with dead bodies I mentioned? That had happened a few months before this, towards the end of 1946 in October. Uh, even, even a few days before the Maharaja's announcement on July 13th, just seven kilometers from the Maharaja's palace in Trivandrum, police had opened fire on a public meeting, killing three people, including a student. Neither the growing underground movement nor the escalating violence deterred the ruling family and its divan. In, in the month of June, Sir C.P. addressed two press conferences to detail the plans for independence. CP's argument was very uh, clear and uh, much in line with what people like the Nawab of Bhopal and others would make, which is that if India were to be a united nation, country, Travancore would have joined. But now that the subcontinent was being split into India and Pakistan on religious lines, it would not be joining the divided India. CP said that uh, Travancore with a population of over 7 million and uh, revenue, surplus revenue, uh, actually of a total revenue of over rupees 9 crores, was in a good place to be an independent country on its own. In the press conference that he addressed, CP went on to discuss Travancore and talk about the Battle of Kulachal, uh, which was in, in the 18th century and was the only time when a major European naval power was humiliated. He, CP would talk about the production of timber, coir, rubber, tea, spices, etc. He said uh, Travancore was willing to cooperate with the rest of India on matters of defence, foreign affairs and communications. But he wasn't giving out much more than that. On the other side, 
I expect the rise of half a dozen principalities in India after the massacre of the Congress leaders. Sabangur announced constitutional reforms. The Divan would uh, call Mahatma as not even a foreigner member of the Indian National Congress. You're listening to the India Project with Josie Joseph on Radio Asim Premji University. And here's a glimpse into another fabulous show, The World of Ghalib with Amit Basole. Hui muddat ke ghalib mar gaya, par yaad aata hai, wo har ek baat pe kehna, ke yun hota to kya hota. It's been a while since Ghalib is dead and gone, but we keep remembering his habit of saying at every turn, what if this had happened? What if things had turned out this way instead of that? Hi, my name is Amit Basole. I teach economics at Azim Premji University. This show, though, is not about economics. It's about the poetry and the world of Mirza Ghalib. What we are going to do in this show is explore Ghalib, the man, his times, and above all, his poetry. Ghalib really speaks to me, and I think he will probably speak to you too. So join me and find out. The World of Ghalib with Amit Basole. Only on Radio Azim Premji University. And now, back to Jersey. What was further strengthening the Travancore's dream was the fact that he was receiving support from both ends of the political spectrum in South Asia. On the same day, on June 20th, came two telegrams. One was from uh, Muhammad Ali Jinnah. The other was from Vinayak Damodar Savarkar. Both congratulated Sir CP for the decision to create an independent uh, state. Savarkar said in the very interest of Akhand Hindustan, he strongly supported the Maharaja for his far-sighted and courageous determination to declare the independence of a Hindu state of Travancore. The Travancore ruler ruled as the servant of the uh, local deity. And Jinnah said that he was open to have collaboration with Travancore and support. And in fact, uh, sometime around that time, Sir CP would also send Travancore's envoy to Pakistan, a notorious inspector general of police named Abdul Karim, who had earned a reputation as CP's henchman during the political agitations of 1938-39 period. Travancore actually appoints an envoy also to Delhi for negotiating arrangements pending the establishment of permanent relations between the Hindustan dominion and this state. But Nehru objected to it, saying that uh, recognition of an envoy is undesirable and objectionable. When uh, Mahatma Gandhi mocked uh, CP's strange idea of independent Travancore, the Divan would uh, refer to him and call Mahatma as not even a foreigner member of the Indian National Congress who presided over AICC meetings and was arguing for the vivisection of India. So, CP is mounting an all-out attack. But all of this to his credit, is based on a long process of constitutional reforms that is unfolding in Travancore. 
which is very advanced socially and politically and still remains a very important uh, document of far sighted governance in january 1946 travancore announced the constitutional reforms and and this plan uh, envisaged a bicameral legislature comprising of elected members it provided voting rights to all adults and did away with the communal electoral rights and and those reforms actually met with a lot of appreciation not just within india but abroad too in fact british prime minister clement attlee would write to cp appreciating how it would be of great advantage to india and he actually called travancore a potential laboratory where the application of the principles of democratic government uh, can be worked out let's come back to july 25 at uh, 3:30 pm in the afternoon the chamber of princes assembles in the present day parliament library in new delhi and mount batten addresses them he lays out what's happening what has been in the works and the challenges ahead he tells them about the creation of the states department and he points out that the states department would actually be two one for india and one for pakistan and he also points out that you know while pakistan only has a few states to deal with india has got 565 i mean or 560 states to deal with so individual negotiations is not possible and uh, it will have to be done collectively and to carry out that collective negotiation he announces setting up of a 22 member committee he names nawab of bhopal the nizam's prime minister nawab of chatari sir cp of travancore among others to be members of this 22 member committee and it did not take uh, much time for what looked like a smooth operation by mountbatten to almost uh, begin to unravel the first of the block is nawab of bhopal who did not attend the chamber meeting is in bhopal he writes to mount patton who instantly both are old friends and the bhopal nawab tells mount patton it is impossible for me to serve on a committee with those states who have already joined the constituent assembly and he suggests that there should be a separate committee to negotiate with those states like bhopal nizam travancore and including dolpur if i am not wrong to negotiate on separate terms because these are not people who want to be part of the constituent assembly and create constitution the nawab writes that apart from the fact that we have been deprived of the services of our chief adviser that's what he calls cp i don't think such acts of violence help in bringing about an understanding between the congress and the states so the nawab is actually laying the blame for the attack at the doorsteps of the congress party so it's 25th of july in delhi the chamber of princes last meeting is over by evening in travancore cp is attacked and the young militant money has walked into history for the next two days there is almost complete radio silence from travancore on 20th of july cp ramaswami ayer sits up on his sick bed to write what could be his life's most important and one of modern india's most critical letters to be drafted ever 
the letter is from cp to the maharaja he says if you exceed you get some advantages but you are not different from baroda gwalior or even patiala except as to customs and some financial matters if you do not exceed you will have to fight a hard battle with some assistance from jinna in the forthcoming civil war in india then he predicts that civil war within 6 months and cp also makes a prediction that i, I expect the rise of half a dozen principalities in india after the massacre of the congress leaders in november or december even as he predicts almost like vincent churchill did the certain death of indian democracy he tells a ruler that they've not changed my mind but made me fully realize that your lives are in jeopardy and those of persons near and dear to you it is either death or victory if you consider that your people are not ready for a fight and that they are not worth fighting for the path of compromise is inevitable such a compromise or concession should if it is to be effective be wholehearted considering that this defeat was intolerable to him cp admitted and proposed to resign as soon as possible he says it is impossible for me to continue except on the basis of an out and out fight but i know and feel that such a fight will be a fight against concentrated hatred and venom and there will be successive attempts on my life and on yours if you keep me with you if i am killed or incapacitated at the present juncture there is no one to replace me i foresaw all these developments when i last resigned but i was overborne by my love and regard for you and i stayed on today within hours of this letter the maharaja telegrams mount batten in effect maharaja was willing to give up his full independence move accede to the dominion on matters of defense external affairs and communications even as uh, cp and his ruler have given up on the dreams of an independent travancore arrives a very interesting letter from yet another ruler who is dreaming of his own independence and this is from the indoor ruler holkar to cp asking him to join the indoor ruling family in securing its freedom in the next episode we will look at the efforts by the indoor ruling family to secure an independent future that was episode 2 travancore on the next episode the states department under vp menon is beginning to draw out the final condos of how to deal with the recalcitrant rulers on the 1st of august they shy has opened a new file file number 11 bracket 24 dash pr slash 47 and marks it secret a very beautiful woman and her male companion are driving from kems corner to malabar hill when a red car intercepted them half a dozen men with pistols and knives came out of the car and began attacking the occupants the india project with josie joseph coming soon only on radio azim premji university radio azim premji university